Welcome to Seducing Aliveness. I am Jen Halterman, and this is Tamara Yonker, my co-host. Hi, Tamara. Good morning. <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's good to be back live. Yesterday we threw you guys a, a yep. crazy one by doing the uh, villain show. Sneaky we are. Recorded. <laughs> yeah, we are sneaky. And... Yeah, so how y'all doing? <laughs> Here's what you need to know. If you've got questions or comments, you can join us in the chat room live on the show page over on blogtalkradio.com forward slash seducing aliveness. Go to this current show, show number 83, and scroll down. There is a box there for the chat window, and when you sign in, you can interact and ask your questions and give us feedback on yesterday's show. If you, I mean, and it's okay if you gave it, you know, after the show on Facebook or whatever that is, uh, we're just glad you're here. We rattled a few cages so mm-hmm. far. We're only to Wednesday. Let's go. <laughs> There's more to do. Yeah, I, I and it's you know <clears throat> as the show continues on because what are we in the 80s episode 80s something I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I just keep thinking to myself, how how does it get any better? Like week after week after week, I'm just like, oh my god, I love this week's topic, and then the next week comes and I'm like. Oh my god, I love this week's topic. <laughs> and just the next week is the same thing. Oh my god, I love this week's topic. This week's topic is just, um, you know, I don't know if this happens to the listeners, but every time we arrive into a topic, it's like it starts revealing itself to me everywhere in the landscape of my life, right? My own, even my own, and just watching the people around me and seeing where it's so prevalent. And you know, this is just, um, <clears throat> this is just. A universal experience, this whole victim triangle, I mean, in a very simplistic way, and I'm just, you know, I'm speaking very simply, this is the life that everybody lives until they don't. Everybody's mm-hmm. on the drama triangle until they choose to get off. And and you just see it everywhere, like everywhere you turn, you're like, oh, yeah, there's someone playing the victim. Oh, yeah, there's a bully. Oh, yeah, there's a, you know, there's someone who's doing caretaker and trying to rescue everybody. Oh, yeah, there's you know, oh, look at me, I'm doing victim in that little that little moment right there. <laughs> look at that. Oh, I'll change it now. <laughs> it just becomes, it, it takes to me, one of the things that was really uh, a gift was recognizing exactly that. This is a universal collective experience we're all having until we choose out of it. And so it kind of what? took the, you know, anywhere you're judging yourself and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing that. Or, oh, look at that, and, you know, getting angry at somebody else for doing it or whatever. To me, it just sort of removes all of that. And it's just like, oh, this is, this is what we kind of collectively bought into because we all chose into it and now we all can choose out of it. That's what I, I, I you know, this is, a, this is a oneness thing, right? What one person didn't choose for all of us. One person didn't say, hey, let's all go do the victim triangle. Come on, everybody. I'm choosing for you. Let's do this. And we all chose into it. We all said, <laughs> I don't know how that went. I just know that we've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and we have the capacity. This is this is to me, this is worthy of celebration. We have the capacity mm-hmm. to choose out of it. Like I get giddy with delight knowing I have the capacity to choose. I get giddy with delight when I see people in despair, when I see people in, you know, we'll just call their their uh uh, their shit, their their uh, debris. When I see them buying into their own stories and all that crap we've been talking about, 
I am, there is a very large part of me that's giddy with delight knowing that when they're ready, they can choose out of it. They're not stuck there. This isn't, this isn't like a horrible, you know, we haven't, we haven't been sentenced to this. This is not like, oh, we, we have to live like this forever. You know, this, this misery and the suffering that we inflict upon ourselves. I actually am excited about the fact that we have the capacity to change it. So just as when I was buying into it completely and living at the effect of my own misery and suffering, and then I chose out of it, I know everybody on the planet has the same choice. So I don't get too caught up in pitying other people and being like, oh, that's so awful, that poor person, you know, and, and just really get sucked into their, um, their despair with them. Mm-hmm. It's a very different experience. Mm-hmm. To, to recognize that we can all choose out of it. And I think today we're talking about um, the, what I call the rescuer, the savior, the hero, the caretaker, um, lots of different roles that that can look like. And I think this is one of the things that I'm talking about right now that actually allowed me to step off this particular corner of the triangle. Well, I guess another corner. But anyway, <laughs> um, because I did this. I totally did this. I did this for a long yeah. time. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, people, I'm going to save them from their suffering because I know it's, it doesn't have to be that way. And you think you're helping. You're like, I am here to save the day. I now know what you don't, so I can help you. And how many people did I actually try to help that didn't want help, that weren't ready mm-hmm. to choose that for themselves? And I kept trying to force it on them. And believe me, mm-hmm. nobody, they don't want that. And it can create massive separation when you're trying to help somebody who doesn't want what you're offering, who doesn't want what you're offering. And what's interesting is that this, is a, this can be a slippery slope between rescuer and victim, rescuer and victim, because it's like, here I am just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you. I see something you can't see, so I'm going to help you. And if they don't want what we're offering, we can slip right into victim and just be like, oh, well, I'm just a useless pile of shit because nobody wants what I'm offering. (laughs) Yep, yep. (laughs) You know, it's so interesting. I was listening to you talk about, I I found something really cool. I want to give it to you. I want to show you. I want to show you. And Mm -hmm. the interesting thing is how many coaches and healers out there, that's their mode of operation. It is. I got the answer. I found the answer. I've got the book. I've got the class. I've got the certification. I've got the modality. Da 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 da. I'm gonna save you. And people are like, uh, excuse me, get the hell out of my face. Like, what are you doing in my business? And that's one of the things that I find so interesting about this dynamic is so many times. And yesterday we revealed a lot of this is so many times when people believe they are the rescuer. They believe they are the answer. They believe they can save others. They go about inflicting it and don't even know they jumped over to the villain where they are inflicting how right they are and how brilliant they are and what they have to offer is the way onto people. And they don't understand why people start saying, back the fuck off and stop selling to me. They don't understand. I'm not selling to you. I'm saving your soul. Like, they don't know. Which is Mm -hmm. why each of these roles, you know, the three faces of victim, it's why it all actually is the same. It's just flipping through different personas 
to see what you can get, what you want to get out of whatever the dynamic is you're in at that moment. Because actually to be the hero, and this is one of my favorite things in the intensive that I've talked about that we did, is when I realized that in order to believe I have the answer for somebody else, I have to buy into that they're broken or that they need saving. Yep. And when when I when that hit me, I realized what a superior bitch I had been. And it did. It like humbled my ass real quick to go, Whoa, wait a minute, when did I decide that I know better? When did it, what what is that? And really it was because I had been in the religious world funneling that through my operating system and I just popped the religion out and dropped in consciousness and ran it through the same damn operating system. I didn't mm-hmm. change the operating system. I just put different, you know, ingredients through it. But I was still being the same superior bitch that I was back in religion. And it, that's what woke me up. That's what made me realize, oh, hold on. It's not about content. It's not about the answer. It is not what I'm doing. It's how and why I'm doing it. <laughs> that's when I started mm-hmm. acting up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's why we're here. <laughs> so huge, so huge. And, and you know, I mean, I did the same thing. Like um, 18 years ago, I completely, I made massive changes to my life. I made a clean sweep. I quit the job I had, corporate job I had, even though I didn't know what I was going to do next. I had recently broken up with somebody. Um, I quit drinking, uh, basically broke up with the friends that I used to drink with and kind of was like, okay, I got no friends. I got no job. I got no relationship. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with myself now. And it was really, it was a really interesting space. I I purposefully did a clean sweep of my life because I was like, yeah, this, no, ready for a new chapter, like entire, or maybe it was a whole. Um, And I was functioning from a lot of judgment at that time. And so then I found the spiritual you know, world, the, uh, metaphysics and all of that and, and really immerse myself in it because it was a whole new world that didn't even exist. I didn't even know it was there. And then we swung wide open. I dove in. I was just like total immersion. And what I did was I took all the judgment and I just now applied it in that same realm. So I was like, oh, yes, I'm very spiritual, but I'm very judgmental while I'm being spiritual, you know, and it was really interesting. And so so as as this whole door is opening up to me and I'm beginning to see things in a whole new way and shifting my perspective and, and all of this stuff, and I was like, oh, everybody needs this. So I literally would go out and buy like 10 bucks and be like, here, you need to read this. Here, you need to read this. And I became like um, one of those evangelistic preachers about (laughs) walking around (laughs) telling everybody what they needed because I had found, you know, the answer at that time. And uh, boy, did people turn away and run away and not want to talk to me. And of course, I'm scratching my head because I'm like, don't you guys get it? with all my judgment, of course. And, um, and, and I, I realized that hadn't, hadn't changed anything. I just changed clothes, right? Like I was, I was wearing these clothes over here in this part, this type of life that I was living. And then I just changed them into spiritual clothing and just thought that was going to be so much better. And really, really was attempting to inflict that on everybody. And it, it just created separation. And thankfully it didn't take long before I realized I was like, Oh, okay. I need to just back the fuck off. Cause nobody really wants to hear me proselytizing in there at them. Um, 
And but but it was still many years. I still was very judgmental. I still was very superior because I I thought you know oh my god like I now, I now know something the rest of the world doesn't know, and so that makes me better. And I did. I really had a very superior attitude for a lot of years. All the years I was studying specifically it was about five and a half years. I was studying metaphysics and the occult and the esoteric and all of this stuff that most people had no interest in whatsoever. And I was like, well, if you guys would just you know. If you guys would just get a clue and start opening your eyes to the truth, then you could be as cool as me. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just I'm I'm over exaggerating a little bit, but but you get the picture, right? I was really superior. Like, oh yes, I study Rudolf Steiner and I study um, Prokofiev and I study all and I know all of this stuff and I do this and that and that. So that makes me better because everyone else is just sleepwalking through their lives. Yeah. <laughs> Judgment, 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 judgment. So as you just said, I had not changed my operating system. I was still um, living at the effect of judgment. Because uh, mm-hmm. if, if judgment is the operating system you're functioning by, then you live at the effect of everything you judge. And you just create separation in the same way that I, I was before. So my operating system hadn't changed one bit. And, um, right. and yeah, so, you know, it kind of it felt good, though, i got to tell you. It felt good to swing myself off of the uh, victim um, in, in my swung from victim to savior. And that actually just made me feel better for a little while because I was like, oh, well, you know, these people just don't want what I'm offering, but at least I know better than them. <laughs> so that made me feel better in a puffed up, in a really puffed up egoic way. It was awesome. <laughs> that was so cool. Still on the triangle. Hadn't changed a damn thing except the landscape. And um and so this is where, you know, and then and then uh got into coaching and, and did probably a bit of what you're talking about. Like, you know, I, I know the way this is the way. And then I and then I you know, I got one certification, two certification, three certifications, many certifications in coaching, and each program was very different, and that's why I chose them, because they were very different. And the more that I just started expanding my world, and the more I broke up with judgment and all those things, I was just like, oh, yeah, right, wrong, good, bad, either or, positive, negative, all those things we hacked a few weeks back, none of that is real. Judgment's not real. Separation's not real. And as all of that stuff started to sink in, And all, you know, and oh, this wasn't like in a day, this was over the period of months and years, right, as my life is changing, and and, um, I'm and I'm getting off the triangle, I'm I'm off the triangle for a while, then I'm back on, then I'm off, then I'm back on, then I'm off, then I'm back on, and pretty soon I'm off more than I'm on. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, this, this spaciousness of liberation and freedom from all of that. That's what I want more of. Not because it's better but simply because I have the contrast of the experiences now. I have, I have just been living decades of experience, and I have all the contrast of the experience, and I'm like, I actually just simply enjoy this more. It wasn't because it was better. Like, see, the, as soon as you take the judgment out, then the superiority gets eliminated, gets dissolved, and it's not like I'm better than you, I'm choosing a better life than you, I know more than you, which makes it like all the superiority is gone, when I'm simply looking at the vast contrast of experience I've had in my life, and I'm like, oh, I simply enjoy this more than that. So I think I'll create, I'll just create more of this, or I'm going to go off in this direction because that feels 
like a yummy experience I want to have. And we've been talking, or I've been talking about this whole, you know, uh, this victim triangle is really about abdicating your command of your own experience. And I love that someone put in the chat room here just a few minutes ago, this is a great awareness. Being the hero um, to, she says, sorry, I keep losing this. Being the hero kind of ties in with my hope or expectation that someone else will be the hero for me, light bulb. Oh, yes, absolutely. If you have not taken the command position of your life, if you're not in the driver's seat, if you're still hoping that someone is going to come along and be the savior and rescuer of you, it's funny how we think that is a valid, like we're like, we, we, that's where our um, reason and justification comes in, that this must be a good role to play. Because I'm waiting for someone to come do it for me. So if I can do it for somebody else, then, oh, I'm, I'm going to do that because that's so helpful. I'm just waiting for someone to come along and help me and create my experience for me. So that, it's like it, it's the reasons and justifications we use for the rightness of that role and the nobility of it. <laughs> the nobility of it. I love this other share. I heroed my mom all the time moving her because she just couldn't do it by herself. She couldn't lift things. She couldn't order the truck, blah, blah. I was wearing my cape like a champion. You know, and it's so interesting how we do different kinds of behaviors. Why were you mm-hmm. doing like this? Daughter award goes to, you know, like what is the why underneath? And this came in from somebody listening that sent a message to somebody in the chat room. People will ask if they want to know. Beat people over the head with our help? What's that actually leading to? So thank you to the uh, message from the Adventure Pixie. I love that. Wonderful. And to to be able to recognize this, and this is one of the things where here we are on day three, we've gone through victim, we've gone through the villain, we've gone through the hero, and this is it. If you judge where you've been, how you've done things, if you go into judgment, instead of allowing yourself to simply be aware of what you were doing, how you were doing it, and why you were doing it, if you go into judgment, you are keeping yourself on the on the triangle you're keeping yourself in the game of separation where instead if if you are willing to go oh i did that yay me like look at what i did i chose that if there's cleanup to clean up clean up fine go do it go do the cleanup if not what did you learn what did you learn about yourself because i it's really good for me to know the clues the symptoms so to speak about where it is that I go to when I've engaged with the drama, when I've engaged with the victim, no matter what role it's on. It's really good for me to be aware of that because in the moment that I've engaged, it does not matter if it is victim or villain or rescuer or whatever. It does not matter. I am not, obviously, I'm not paying attention. I'm not really in it. I'm stepping into a role and I put on my blinders. But what I will recognize are the symptoms of, you know, you leave the road. How do you know when you're leaving the highway? Usually you end up with some bump, 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 bump. That's why they give you the things. You're leaving your lane. You know, they give you that graded edge of, hey, you're leaving your, your lane. You're going off the highway now. Are you sure this is what you want to do? Well, that's why I look at how did I get here? Why did I get here? How do I know I'm here? So that in my own behavior system, I've got my own alarm going, you're going into the old operating system. Are you sure you want to go here? 
so that I can choose. Yes, I do. No, I don't. What's happened? When did I go unconscious? You know, what happened? It's me to be aware of it, not somebody else. Because if you want to start a fight, one of the best things you can ever do is look somebody in the face and say, are you playing the victim right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Want to watch somebody's head explode? Kaboom! <laughs> <laughs> because that again, you know, going to that superior of, are you doing this? Oh, you're doing this. You're doing that. That creates a separation. That's where judgment comes in. Instead, mm-hmm. what's your options? What are your options? Because, you know, around my household, we've talked about Sherry and I are kind of wing nuts and not afraid to do it, but we'll be like, I just really want to be the victim right now. I'm like, Oh, okay, here, let me sit down. I want a good seat. Go. And, you know, like, let her play it out, but she's not coming yeah. at me as the victim. She's acknowledging, I'm feeling like I want to be the victim. I'm like, awesome. I got front row seats. Go ahead. Like watching a movie. And action. You know? <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. what we do in our household. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I did the same thing with myself. Like, when I knew, because I had gotten so, um, in private, oh. private victim. Hold on. You're, you're a little um, choppy. Your connection Uh-oh. is really buzzy. Uh, how about now? Any better? That That is better. Yes, that cleared up, whatever you okay. did. Okay. Okay. I, I, I didn't do anything, but <laughs> apparently it's my cell service. Um, so I did my, I had my own pity parties because my victim was all in private. I didn't want anyone to see how weak I was, right, because I judged victims. And, um, and I was so masterful at my pity parties. And when I started to become aware of all of this, uh, you know, where I was playing the victim, I started to see how I almost planned my little pity parties, but didn't make my, like, I would, I would do it to drag myself down because that was, it's like getting on an elevator and taking, pushing the button for the basement. And I would just, I would stand there and listen to the elevator music until the doors opened. And then I would push basement and I would go all the way down. And then I would just sit there in my little dungeon of despair. Like that was what I did. But I did it unknowingly. As long as I was play that little game with myself unknowingly, it was like, oh, time for a pity party. Do, 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 do. I'd stand there, push the button, basement. Oh, here we are in despair. Very comfortable. You know, I was like, this is where I feel so like myself here in the basement. And um, and then I was like, wow, I, I, when I remember when I actually realized I did that. I was like, oh, my God, I do that to myself. Like, I plan my little pity parties, and then I, and then I go in. And I was like, huh, thank God. I almost see it coming. Like, in, in a day or so or the, or the, you know, morning, and I'd be like, oh, I'm feeling a pity party coming on. And instead of making that wrong, exactly like you said, like, you know, Sherry's going, I'm I'm feeling the victim right now or whatever. Just call it out. Instead of living at the effect of it, when you become aware of this stuff, you can call yourself yourself out. I wouldn't do it to another, like you just said. You can call yourself out. And so that's what I would do. I was like, oh, I'm planning a pity party. But I would see, I would do this unbeknownst to myself until I started having the awareness. And then I would start to notice I'm planning a pity party. And I went, all right, I'll, I'll join in. So I started participating in my own pity parties. And I would let myself have that. I would be like, instead of resisting against it, instead of saying it's bad or wrong or I shouldn't, or having more judgment about the fact that I chose that, I just allowed myself to participate. I was like, okay, well, what do I need for my pity party? How do I want to prepare? Do I want to get food, drinks? Like, do I want to get some movies to watch on TV? Like, how do I want to prepare right. for my pity party? Because I want to have a good one. I want to have a really good one. 
And right. I'm telling you, I started giving myself permission to participate in my own pity parties and then plan them really well and have good ones. And then what I noticed, the brilliance of what I noticed is when I gave myself full permission to do that, when I was finished having my party, just like if you go to somebody's party, literally, like you go to somebody's party and you're like, eh, I think I've had enough of this party. I want to go home. And you say goodbye to everybody and you leave. When I was done having my pity party, I just was like, okay, I think I'm ready to close up shop on that pity party and go choose something else. It actually right. was, and I did this for, oh, might've been a span of a few months, might've been a year, might've been two years, but I don't have them anymore. <laughs> when I gave myself them, whatever I was getting out of it, that made me feel like it was some sort of self-soothing because the, um, the, the dungeon of despair was what was actually most comfortable for me. Until I chose out of it, until I was like, oh, I don't want to have this be the most comfortable experience for me anymore. I want joy to be the most comfortable or, or you know, the experience I want to choose. I want to choose joy over despair. And so while I was choosing out of that, I gave myself permission to have pity parties until I no longer, I didn't require the whoopee anymore. Pity parties were actually my whoopee that I eventually graduated from and I was like oh I don't need that anymore that's not actually the dungeon of despair is not actually the most comfortable place for me to be anymore joy is simply in the contrast and of the landscape of contrast of all the experiences I've been having I'm now like oh I like I'm enjoying the experience of joy more I'm going to choose more of that and that's that's Uh. like the simple way I chose out of this operating system this is Uh what it looked like to choose out there's probably more examples I could tell, but that place of victim that I had become so accustomed to choose out of that one. Right. Well, and it's so interesting. I, you know, I do that too. I play it until I'm done, but I realize that if I play it out with others and they're engaging with whatever game I'm playing and I've enrolled all the star players and they are feeding the storyline, it lasts a lot longer then when I'm just like, okay, I want to act this out, and here it is, I'm like, okay, I'm bored after three minutes. It is, a, it is where we have our choice. I love to play my way out of the drama. That's actually what I do is I play my way out of it. Sherry just said in the chat room, hey, we ought to write a song about the victim, villain, and hero. See, that's something we, we would actually do. <laughs> Let's write a song about it, you know. But we play our way out of it, but we got to be aware of what we're playing. And this is a really good reflection from the chat room, observing the pinball game as opposed to choosing to jump in and control the effects of every move that manipulates the ball direction. Just imagine that. You're just watching the ball ping pong around. It's so different Mm -hmm. than getting in there and trying to buffer and be the bumper and guard the, you know, guard the losing move. And like that, that's why the drama really is exhausting. It can be so exhausting. And a lot of people do not realize that what they are, they think that they're tired because their lives are so full of drama and they are, but it's not what they think is actually making them tired. It is their own game that is keeping them in it. Otherwise, if they were an observer, like I've gone to some action shows. My son loves to take me to the most shocking shows he can. And I walk out and I'm like, okay, well, uh, my hands are still sweating. And 
Um, I'm going to have to calm down for a minute now, you know, because that's the movie we're in. It's super exciting. But I calm down. And it may take me a minute, but I calm down. Where if I am the one with that laser gun or I'm fighting people and in hand-to-hand combat or whatever, I have a lot longer recovery than if I'm just sitting in the movie theater watching. And that's the difference. To me, that's the difference and the power of our choice when it comes to playing on this, you know, the game of drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And there's some great threads in the chat room that um, I love. I love this. You know, you already mentioned it. Um, I heard my mom all the time because she couldn't do it by herself. This is a big one where we step into that rescuer, savior, hero role. Um, and then there was the recognition that, you know, is, is martyrdom – um, in being the hero. And I, I want to okay. just, let's, let's just unpack this a little more. Let's go into the details a little more. The moment you buy into someone's incapability, right? I hero in my mom all the time because she just couldn't do it mm-hmm. by herself. In other words, she's incapable. She's incapable yep. of, te- of caring for herself. She's incapable of choosing for herself. She's in, you know, and, and what's interesting about this is we do this to family members, uh, coworkers, uh, you know, it can show up anywhere, right? And we do it with our kids. We do it with our kids. And, and one of the really, what we believe is a valid reason and justification for doing it is because we want to protect them. You know, I want to protect my child from having that experience of being, uh, you know, whatever, like whatever, whatever you had in your childhood. And you're like, I remember that. And I remember how much that hurt. And I remember what a, so, so it's, I'm going to protect my child from having that experience. I'm going to protect my child from having that feeling. So I'm swooping in and I'm now, because they don't know, they're just a kid. They don't know how to protect themselves yet. They're incapable. Number one question uh-huh. I want to ask is, do they need protection? Do they need protection? Right. I, and I'm, I mean, you know, parents will give you lots of reasons and just they've gathered ev- evidence all their lives of all the hurt they've had. You know, well, when I was in school, kids did this to me and they're so cruel and they're this and they're that. So I have to protect my kid. This is one of the ways that we can start creating that triangle with our children. Yep. If you're going to be the one that saves them from being embarrassed, from having kids make fun of them, from having getting in trouble at school, you know, like I can't think of all the scenarios, but I'm sure there's countless scenarios that people can come up in their heads that they have to protect their kids from. Then you are the one who's now inviting them onto the triangle to be the victim. You're going to save them and you're inviting them to buy into their incapableness and that they need protection. And that's an invitation to be like, here, will you play my victim to my hero, please? Because I need to do that for you. And, and a lot of it is, we talked about hacking this before, uh, weeks before, is so that I can, because that showed up, um, I think it was you, Jen, who said uh, best parent award goes to, right? If you're the one who's doing everything for your kid, 
then you get to be the you get to be the trophy parent. You get to be the one that says, "Wow, look at everything I do for my kid. I am just the best parent." I look at all these other parents in comparison, and I see everything that they don't do for their kids, and I get to have so much worth and value and esteem for being the best parent in the school. So, where uh-huh. the question that I want to ask is, if this applies to you, may not apply. Where are you? like pumping up your worth, value, and esteem for yourself by being the hero to somebody's, somebody else's victim? Where are you actually inviting people onto the triangle to be your victim so that you can be the savior, so that you can be the hero, so that you can pump up your worth, your value, your esteem by saying, oh, my God, I'm just the best friend ever was. I'm the best dad I am the best sister. I am the best mom. I am the best employee. Like, where are you using that to have, to, to, to prove your value, to feel good about yourself. And, and in this way, you will always need to surround yourself with victims. You will literally seek out and find the people in your life who are going, who are willing to play the victim to your savior so that you feel like you can have some worth and value because without it, what do you do? You slip right back into victim yourself. Uh-huh. That's where we do martyr, um, martyr, the, the, the sacrificial uh, service, serv- <laughs> sacrifice, servitude, martyrdom. Yep. So this is that, that slippery slope. So again, we're all about, you know, exposing all the different, ways we play on this triangle and that's one that i see is so rampant people only get their value and worth by what they do so they need to enlist a victim to play to their savior yep and you might be creating them with your kids who knows (laughs) well and in your kids and in your children like i can remember sitting down with my folks to tell them about a little health situation that was going on just giving them an update and my mom looked at my stepdad and she looked back at me and she goes so you're next okay what do you need and I went what wait what well we've been helping so and so and so and so and so and so and things were finally settling down and I was just wondering who was going to need us next and I I've never hit the brakes so hard in my life it was like nope I'm good <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not your project. Because I've witnessed a lifetime of who is in need of my service. And and showing up, being of service, flooding them with an abundance of attention and kindness and casseroles. And then as soon as they don't need anymore, they're off to the next service and people then go through abandonment of I thought Sister So-and-so was my new best friend. She was so here during the funeral. Where did she go? Oh, she's over there. Why? Because somebody else died. Great. I lost her to the next death. Like, that literally plays out in people. Who mm-hmm. needs me? I know somebody that mm-hmm. is one of the kindest people in the world, if you've got a need. But if you don't need her, you're invisible. Yep. She will, she'll run fundraisers. She will do benefits. She will do amazing events. She will dote on you. She will gift you the world until you don't need something and she doesn't see you as broken anymore. And then she just pisses ears on you and you're like, what the, wait, I thought we were friends. Nope. Don't need anything anymore. Bye-bye. She's off to the new thing. That's how this plays out. 
Yep. It is amazing. And do you know when you're doing it? And do you know when it's being done? Do you recognize this? Because first of all, if you're judging it, you're not going to recognize it. Judgment is a nice little blinder thing and it puts a cloak of invisibility around things. So if you're not judging it, what is your awareness? Is it truly sincere that somebody shows up and offers you something? Or can you see or perceive the strings and expectations attached? Whether it's attached to their worth and value, whether it's attached to something they want from you, whatever it is, can you be aware of that in others and in yourself? That's where I think curiosity comes in very handy. Mm. So handy. And I I love that you just pointed that out where when you're playing a role in somebody's life um, and then if you change and you no longer fit that particular role and they exit your life, like that is huge. That happens all the time. And it's interesting because it can happen in relationships, right? If a a woman has... um, What I'll just generally call, am I, are you losing me again? (laughs) Yeah, you're a little choppy. (laughs) If a woman, if a woman will choose what, what I might call fixer upper men. um, And, and there might be a man who's actually willing to receive what she's offering, right? She, she wants to, you know, help him get back on his feet or whatever. And um, if she does that, then like, what if he actually responds to that? What if he's like, yeah, I really could use some help. And so, you know, he receives her help and then he gets um, empowered, right? He gets back on his feet. He, yep. uh, whatever the scenario is, it's funny how she will actually want to keep him dependent on her. And the more, like, even though she's playing the role of like, I'm going to help you, I'm, I'm choosing, like, I, I have this history of choosing fixer-upper men, and then they actually start becoming empowered, and they start getting back on their feet, and they start creating their life again. That will be problematic for her because she wants to keep him in that role of, um, you need my help. I need to help you because that's how I feel good. I feel good because I'm helping you. So if you actually become empowered, then I can't say that I'm so, you know, the great one who's helping you anymore. I can no longer claim my hero savior role in your life. <laughs> so it actually, I mean, it's fascinating, but I'll see them start to, self, to start to sabotage the success that the man is now choosing in their life. It's, it's, there's uh-huh. so many different ways that this plays out. And so, you know, sh- she'll start complaining that he's become autonomous. Because she really just yep. wants someone to be dependent on her. And so an autonomous, autonomous man won't do. So they're being dependent on her. So yeah. she can feel good about herself again as the, as the hero. Where right. do you do so that? I mean, I'm just giving that, that relationship, but I see people do that with their kids too. Absolutely. Like relationships, anything, any dynamic, it doesn't matter if it is an intimate lover Mm -hmm. or friend or sibling or new sister-in-law or whatever it is. If that relationship is based on that this person is playing kind of the antidote, they are the answer to the horrible past experience. They are the opposite of the horror. They are the magnificent. 
that that foundation that that relationship is being based on is it requires this game to play out. You had a horrible ex. I'm going to be wonderful. Da, 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 that's what it's based on. Anything starts getting comfy, cozy. What happens? It's perfect setup for suddenly now you're the villain because you didn't keep being the hero. And mm. you know, now you're exhausted because you realize what a game this other person's playing. And now guess what? You're the victim of it. Like if you engage in relationship based on any dynamic of this game of the drama, then every single time, every single time that anything engages in that relationship is based on this dynamic. It's nothing new until you leave it, till you leave the dynamic. Oh, my gosh. I love this. Oh, my gosh. One of the chatters <laughs> in the chat room just posted a very significant song from my childhood, You Needed Me by Anne Marie. <laughs> uh, yeah, you want to know codependence? Go back and listen to some good music, man. There are decades of really good codependent music out there. oh my gosh okay another comment in the chat room we want to build others up and then resent that they grow and don't need us anymore yeah I had an assistant a friend who played an assistant for a while and she her whole job was to run my system you know marketing and emails and all that stuff and when I had success she had like this massive awesome really brilliantly played out tantrum Because why was she always helping other people soar? When was somebody going to help her soar? I'm like, well, do this what you do for me for yourself. No, I want somebody else to do it for me. And I realized, oh, shit, we're on the triangle. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) uh-oh, uh-oh, this is a problem. Yeah. I mean, anytime you want someone else to be in charge of your creating your experience for you, you're on the triangle. Mm -hmm. Anytime you're eliciting someone else to create your experience for you, like I, I need a victim so that I can be the hero, you're yep. on the triangle. All yep. of this is about I am not acknowledging and claiming that I am the creator of my life. And I don't need to, to engage, you know, uh, the same the same way that that uh, a hero will engage a, a victim, a victim will engage a villain. And you've given wonderful mm-hmm. examples of that, where where someone needed you to be the victim. I mean, the villain, and you're just baffled by this until it dawns on you, and you're just like, oh my god, this person needs a villain, and she's putting me in the villain role, and I don't want to play mm-hmm. that game. So. As long as you're as you're a, a villain looking for a victim, a victim looking for a villain, uh, you're a victim looking for. A, I mean, as long as you're in, engaging and in, in eliciting players, I I need someone to to play out my drama with me. You're on the triangle, and that is a need for someone you know to prove to prove something. You're not taking command of your life. You're not being autonomous, having that trust in you, that inner authority to create your life. You're just switching roles on the triangle, switching roles, switching roles, switching roles, switching roles. You need something from someone else to prove your value. Uh, you you need someone else to play another role so that you can prove, in fact, you are the victim. You know, I don't have a choice. I'm a victim. All of these. And, and, and the invitation 
is and what I what I really believe is it, you know it's time as I started saying in the in the beginning of the show it's time for us collectively to choose off it's time for us collectively to recognize how powerful we are as individuals and we don't need to derive our power from someone or something else you know we don't as a victim we don't need a hero to come and save us we don't need to derive our power from judgment. That was a different show. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, right. But we can we can claim our our creative capacities. We can stop looking at others, as you mentioned, as broken and needing fixing and needing our help. That that giddy delight in me when I recognize that everybody has this capacity. Every single one of us has the capacity to create our lives. Every single one of us has the capacity to choose off the triangle. It might take some practice, but every single one of us has the capacity to choose out of our suffering. Every, some, every single one of us has the capacity to no longer be at the effect of the stories we tell that keep us uh, tell ourselves that keep us on the triangle. Every single one of us has this capacity, but until we're willing to acknowledge it, until we're, we're willing to say, yep, I actually am that powerful. I am capable. I can create my life. Then we just on the triangle because it's actually safer and it feels more comfortable, just like it was super comfortable for me to be in the dungeon of despair. It's super comfortable for us to, to, to pretend we're powerless and we're incapable and we can't and we don't know how. If that's the place that you feel most comfortable, then that's the place that is, is good. That's, that's the point of view about yourself that's going to keep you on the triangle. Beginning to yep. acknowledge how, what, what you're capable of creating, what you can do, that there is possibility because the conclusions, the, the, it's the, it's the I, I mean, I've called them in the past, the coffin of conclusion. It's all the conclusions that keep us in the same spot, in the same orientation, in the same operating system. That's just been my experience. I have all this evidence for it. When we shift to question, and this is the theme that you can go, I mean, from day, from day one, show number one, this is a theme that we keep talking about over and over and over. Get curious your curiosity is a superpower get curious rather than buying into the same old conclusions that keep you in the same old operating system and the same old orientation get curious start wondering it's it's absolutely magic wonderment is like magic i wonder i wonder if i didn't believe this any this story anymore what would be possible I wonder if I didn't play this drama out in my life anymore, what else I could choose. I wonder what experience I could create. Curiosity, Mm -hmm. wonderment, amazing, transformational. It is. One of the, I love love it. it. You're, you know, everything that you've said, sorry, you're kind of cutting out. Um, Hmm. It was really clear. It was really clear. <laughs> we'll just, you know, come on, we'll connect in for the rest of the show. It'll be good. Um, as we practice this, as we realize this, we get curious and we practice breaking up with judgment. So we don't judge what we are doing. We don't judge what somebody else is doing. Instead, we just go, oh. And one of the things that is really fun are questions, and we've talked about this, is 
who do I actually have to be to be playing this out? What do I have to believe about myself and others to be playing this role in their life? What do I have to believe? Because if we'll recognize it's us believing that somebody's broken that triggers our behavior to save them, then we can really look at it and, and get curious about it. And remember, we have one choice at a time. Because if, some, if the behavior of anybody else, anybody, is what equals your interpretation of your worth and value, that's where you can start. Well, they didn't say yes to me. They didn't make eye contact. They didn't open my door. They didn't. They didn't. I feel like shit because they didn't. I feel depressed because they didn't. I have this feeling because of them. That's where you start to recognize, oh, man, they have literally, it's like you took off your self-worth and you put it in their pocket and they didn't even know it was there and they've laundered it and you wonder why you're tumbling around in the bottom of the dryer somewhere. Like, you gave it away. You know, it's, it is for you to be very much aware of with just well, how am I playing this? And you will not know until you know. It's like I said, watch the movies, start paying attention to what's going on around you. You It starts showing up in the roles that we play, in the roles that we engage with others. Like I love to engage with certain types of people. They have certain dynamics. I love to flirt. I love that. So if somebody's playing the role and they're flirtatious in a way that is light and they have no attachments, I usually engage there. Why? Because I know that about me. It's not my worth and value. I just know that I like that activity. It's no different than, you know, going on a water slide at an amusement park. I just happen to like it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, there's a, there's a, there's a, uh, something I want to share that might be illustrative. Um, I think I shared it with you, Jen. I don't think I've shared it on the show, but years ago, this is probably uh, eight years ago, I was part of a women's group, women's circle that met once a week. And it was part of the way I was getting to know people here uh, where I live because I had, it was after my divorce and I realized all of the friends that were, we participated, you know, hung out with were his friends. And so here I am living in a place and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know anybody. So started branching out to meet people, get, get, you know, involved in the community. And I've been doing this for a while and, and I was having a great day, just be bopping, you know, feeling good about, my life, my world, whatever, and showed up at to, for the women's circle that evening. And uh, within, you know, five minutes of being there, I just was like, oh, my God, everything is heavy, and I just feel like shit. And I was like, wait, what happened? I've only been here for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, one of the things that we did at the beginning of this women's circle is people just kind of wa- went around the room and just shared with, shared with what was going on with them in that moment. It was, it was this, you know, a safe space to just say, Hey, here's, here's what's going on. Here's my day. Here's whatever. And um, as people started going around the room and sharing like what was up for them, one of the women, she just, what she came, what it came out of her mouth was like the exact description of what I was feeling. I was like, Oh, cool. That's not mine. That's hers. And and I'm aware that I'm that, uh, you know, sensitive, if you want to call it empathic, whatever, I don't care what word, intuitive, but I, I very much pick up on other people's realities. And so I, that was like, as soon as I realized it was hers and not mine, I was like, oh, boom, it, like I snapped out of 
being in her space and was very much back to my own space, my own, you know, and I was like, oh, cool. So when it came to my time to share, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I must have said something that, you know, was like, oh, and this, and I realized it was yours and not mine. And so, yay, that's great. Whatever. Didn't think anything of it. Whole evening goes by. Next morning, I go to a, a networking event and she was there, you know, and I'm, I'm, Hey, how you doing? Everything's wonderful. She comes up to me and she says, you know, do, would you have any, any time after the, the meeting today to chat? And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. So she comes up to me. So I go up to, uh, you know, find her. And, and she says, well, will you just let's, let's sit down over here. So uh, all of a sudden the, the, the mood gets very somber. So we go over, we sit kind of apart from everyone else. And she says, well, you know, I just, I, I was really sleepless last, last night and I wanted you to know that what you said really hurt my feelings last night in the circle. And I was just taken aback. I was like, what? I mean, because I hadn't had anyone accuse me of hurting their feelings in forever. Like, I couldn't even remember the last time. So it was really kind of shocking to me. And I said, I said something, you know, so there's this is like, like, of, of like, whoa, whoa, wow, wow, I didn't, wow. And then I kind of was like, well, what do I say to that? And I said something like, wow, I didn't realize that, you know, I, uh, something, something that was in, in, in inviting her to recognize that when you say that, you know, I had a sleepless night because I couldn't stop thinking about what you said to me and it really hurt my feelings. I was like, Holy cow. I had no idea you were living so much at the effect of me. I didn't say exactly those words, but I said something to that effect. And she said, she goes, Oh no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. And I was like, isn't it? I mean, you just told me you had a sleepless night because of something I said that was, really about my experience and had nothing to do with you. Anyway, I mean, she was locked in to her point of view, locked in. And, and in the few things that I said, I, I was trying to be kind and diplomatic as, as potentially inviting her out of that point of view that, you know, like I had so much uh, control over her, of, over how she felt and, and mm. she didn't get it. And I was like, okay, you're not going to get it. That's okay. I guess why I'm, I, I, you know, it's funny because sometimes I, I get this like inspiration to share these illustrative stories and I'm like, I don't really know why, but apparently I'm supposed to share that. <laughs> <laughs> One of those moments. It, where do you put yourself in that position? Like you were just saying, you know, this person did that and everywhere we're making it all about me what everybody does relates to me has some impact on me. That's where we're staying on the triangle. Okay. Every single way that you interpret someone else's behavior to be about you. Like you said, they didn't call. That means something. Um, she just said that it means something like that is probably the primary way that we keep ourselves on the triangle. And yep. It's amazing how in the stories that just your friends will tell, right? You'll just gather and, you know, you're talking on the phone and suddenly they're talking about their day or they're talking about something, you know, some challenge they're having with someone in their life. I invite you to notice how often their well-being is dependent upon what someone else said or did. 
invite you to notice how much of your own well-being is dependent on what somebody else said or did or didn't do. I didn't say. Just like this is just an experiment. I I do these experiments all the time because it's it's illuminating. So I invite you to do that experiment if you want. Notice how much of your well-being is dependent on what someone else says or does or doesn't say or doesn't. This is this is it could potentially be a game changer. Right. Yeah. And you know, as we wrap up the show, thank goodness we have two more shows this week coming up. We've got tomorrow we're talking about leaving the safety of the drama triangle and then Friday releasing control of the drama triangle. So the conversation isn't done with these three shows. Just because we talked about the roles, we're going to be talking about the overall participation in. Why are we mm-hmm. there? What are we believing about yep. the safe control of it? And so that is coming up. So the invitation today is to really be curious. Are you willing to be curious about what's going on? And do your best. Stay out of judgment. Like, And judgment would be, have you decided it's right or wrong? Not just it. Judgment is not just about the negative. And I think that's worth reiterating every time we talk about it because so many people miss that. So judgment is really... Any conclusion, any conclusion, if, it, if you decide it's good, so therefore, you know, bad is wrong and incorrect. Any conclusion that you put on something. So is it wrong, actually, to be on the drama triangle? Is it wrong? I don't know. You decide for you because what it is for me has nothing to do with you. That's the truth. You know, there's some people that being on the drama triangle is their life they love it love it yep i had a friend's mom and grandmother who she used to cut hair in their you know kind of dining room area and they would laugh and talk and people came to them for their to get their hair done because they laughed about everything they laughed about cancer they laughed about i mean they laughed about divorce they laughed about everything they loved that shit and i can remember as a as a child sitting in the room and them laughing and talking and da 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 and people would leave and they'd look at each other and, and just kind of shake their heads and move on. And it was done. Like they never, I never heard them. And this was my best friend. So I never heard them talking about it after. I never heard them share it, but it was their entertainment. They loved it. So if it's working for you, love it. Like this isn't about don't choose it. You can choose off if you want. But if it's working for you, enjoy it and be wherever you are. Just be aware of it. That's all it is. That's, we're, that's just the invitation. So I just wanted to put that out there. Like, <laughs> let well, it be what it is. And, and the funny thing is if we were telling people that they should get off the triangle, then that would just be us being the superior hero savior. <laughs> right, <we> exactly. <laughs> There is exactly. no choice. <laughs> well, it's just a choice. It's, it, we choose what we choose, and we even choose it differently than each other. So you choose it your way, and we'll all be fine. <laughs> so anyway, we've got to go, but we will be back tomorrow on Friday again, same time, same, same bat channel. And thanks, Tamara Yonker, for joining me on Jen Halterman. And together we show up for Seducing Aliveness. We will talk to you tomorrow, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>